0: You're listening to Louisiana Insider, a superlative guide to a great state's destinations. Hosted by Errol Labor, executive editor of Louisiana Life Magazine. It's a song.
1: It's our favorite melody. It's a song. Give it
2: Looking for live music in Acadiana? Check out Lafayette Weekly, a listing of live music taking place in and around the hub city, along with a curated playlist featuring local acts. Visit LafayetteTravel.com backslash Lafayette Weekly, or follow along on Spotify at Lafayette Travel to see who's performing in Lafayette Parish.
1: Hey, we're going to be talking about jambalaya today, among other um, Cajun country foods, uh, with a guy who knows a lot about it. This is Jay DeCody. Uh, And Jay Ducote, I kind of think of as like a chef for the world. Instead of spending his time in one restaurant, he goes around and he does demonstrations. uh, In the spring, he was doing uh, one where he went to like five different states from Louisiana as far as Pennsylvania, and did demonstrations at different fairs and and different events, sort of pushing Louisiana jambalaya. his travels are endorsed by the state travel industry and by Flappy Mama uh, Seasonings. Anyway, thank you, Jay, very much. Let's begin by talking about jambalaya. Um, first of all, it's a um, the J A M in jambalaya. That comes from that's like from jambone, from ham. Is that the, the, the word for it?
0: Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm pretty sure that's uh, a a good. Call for the the roots of it, uh, as far as the term itself goes.
1: Is it based on the uh, the Spanish paella? Is it kind of a, a Louisiana adaptation of uh, paella?
0: Yeah, so so definitely very similar to the paella. It's a, a one pot rice dish. You cook the rice in with all of the the meats, the seasonings, the the the, the holy trinity of Cajun cuisine, and and uh, and you get that really flavorful broth and water, and then you cook the rice right in that. And it's one of the reasons I really love doing a jambalaya when I'm traveling around and showing off Louisiana, because it really is that one pot dish: étouffée, uh, gumbo, red beans. You serve over rice. Uh, With a jambalaya, you really have the rice in it. But by all means, to somebody that has no idea about the dish, uh, comparing it to the Spanish paella, I think, is a, a good place to start.
1: So in doing a jambalaya properly, you fix the jambalaya first other than the rice and then you put the rice in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I I really start with uh, with browning off the sausage and then the pork and chicken, uh, and and getting a lot of that Maillard reaction, a lot of uh, a lot of gradu built up on the bottom of the pot, really developing flavors with browning the meats and then cooking down the onions. Uh, kind of like the Italians do there where you really caramelize the onions and and bring out a darkness, a sweetness. You're caramelizing the sugars in them and, and then the bell pepper and celery and garlic. And, uh, and then you kind of get it all back together, add in your water, your, your broth and, uh, and get that up to a boil. And and you want to really make sure that all of uh, all the brown bits that were sticking to the bottom of the pot are coming up and are, are seasoning that water because uh, that's what you're cooking the rice in
1: is there a difference between using like long grain rice and short grain rice or,
0: well, you know, there, there definitely is a difference in them. I like using a Louisiana long grain rice. I know some people that, that love cooking a jambalaya with a medium grain rice. Um, Certainly once you get to like the real shorter grains, you're, you're looking at more of a a risotto rice or a sushi rice. I, I that's, that's not what we're. That's not what you want in a jambalaya, I don't think. Uh, although the the Italian risotto it has similarities to a jambalaya as well. So
1: risotto, which I really like, it's one of my favorite dishes. But risotto uses a, a short grain rice.
0: Yeah, that uh, Arborio rice that uh, they use a lot is a, a much shorter grain. So it's a guy like you
1: sitting down and like eating a plate of of uh, of jambalaya what does the long grain rice bring to the dish that the short grain rice doesn't
0: well i you know i i think uh you're really getting the essence of that louisiana rice um a little of that popcorn aroma um and and a lot of the the flavor of the rice itself when you're when you're using a really good uh louisiana rice it's got so much flavor that it brings to the table uh and so i love I love the long grain because you really get, uh, you know, just like that that bigger piece of rice. I mean, it's still small. It's rice, but you get a little bit more to to soak up that liquid and uh, and and really kind of deliver the flavor to your mouth.
1: That's a good play, hey, man, you've converted me. I'm a long I'm a long grain rice guy from now on, okay. I never thought about it before, but but now I am. um you mentioned that popcorn flavor there there are commercially marketed rice is called popcorn rices is that the mm-hmm. same thing
0: yep yep that's exactly right uh, a popcorn rice in that sense is just it when you when you cook it you can smell it like you get that kind of popcorn aroma uh in the the, the smell of the rice when it's cooking
1: that's a nice smell when
0: you do that really,
1: yeah. okay the uh, you mentioned the bell, the Holy Trinity the Holy Trinity would be garlic.
0: So the the trinity is really your your onion, bell pepper, and celery, very much based on the French mirepoix, which uh, which has carrots, uh, onion, and celery instead of the green bell pepper. Uh, the, the The folks in Louisiana were growing a lot of bell peppers. It was an easy thing to grow. They were they were common, and uh, and so that French cooking style, uh, you know, the the carrots got replaced with the bell pepper. Um sofrito and and other cuisines, uh very similar uh base of of onion and other aromatics to uh start most stews or or uh or long cooked dishes. Uh and so the the Louisiana version, onion, bell pepper, celery. And then of course, you know, the the garlic's always got to go in there as well. You just you call it the holy trinity with the onion, bell pepper, and celery, call it the four horsemen when you add the garlic. Okay. The
1: um what does the celery bring to it? I mean, celery is fairly mild. Does it have that much flavor? What does it do? I,
0: I would agree that celery overall is, is fairly mild. Um, I, I do think that when you when you really cook it down and it releases a lot of that water content that is in it because it's it's mostly water uh you know you you do get a flavor there in your your stocks i mean there's a reason that we use celery and and gumbos and jambalayas and etouffees and and all those kind of dishes uh because it it does leave a nice little vegetable flavor behind and uh and i think is You know, it's just a it's a nice ingredient when you're making uh, a a broth, a stock or something along those lines, which you really are doing in any of these dishes. That's that's a big part of it is developing those flavors.
1: Now, in the meats, uh, you mentioned sausage, any particular kind of sausage?
0: So I'm using a a, a Louisiana smoked sausage uh, and and a lot of people would use an andouille uh, or something like that. Of course, the the German heritage there with the the Andui. Um, and all the sausage making in Louisiana, we make such excellent smoked sausage. Uh, and that's a big part of, I think, our contribution to the, the barbecue world is the, the smoke houses and their sausage making techniques in Louisiana. Uh, so just a, a Cajun smoked sausage is what I'm using. And I actually had to leave Louisiana for my jambalaya tour with uh, with about 100 pounds of smoked sausage because uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to find exactly what I was looking for. Uh, in other parts of the country, the farther away from Louisiana, you get the harder it is to find a a good smoked sausage for our our great Cajun dishes.
1: So what do you get a sausage, but not one with a smoky flavor?
0: so it's it definitely has a smoky flavor. um the that Cajun smoked sausage uh, uh, it has a a smoky flavor. It's definitely it, you're adding. That layer of smoke and that little bit of depth of flavor there, the pork fat, the spices, but the smoke as well, uh, coming from the sausage. So, what other meats do you have? Uh, so I use pork shoulder, uh, and then also chicken thighs. So, uh, so sausage, pork, and chicken are the meats that are going in it with all the vegetables.
1: How about, um, Louisiana? I'm trying to think of the uh, not on Dewey with the other sort of meat that they sell along the German coast. Um,
0: oh, uh, like a tasso.
1: Yeah. Tasso. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people will use those sorts of smoked meats, the, the tasso or, uh, or, or, you know, just other parts of, uh, of the pig like that. Uh, I really get the smoke flavor that I'm looking for from uh, from the sausage, and so it it ends up being raw pork, uh, just diced up pork shoulder is what I use uh, for the pork that's in my jambalaya. I feel like by the time it's finished cooking in the process of making the jambalaya, once it, when you dice it up small enough and then cook it through, uh, brown it, and then cook it in the jambalaya itself, it really has just a really beautiful tenderness to it when it when it's done uh the tasso can be really good and and using those sorts of smoked meats in a jambalaya can certainly be tasty uh but really the the smokiness that i want uh, i'm getting enough out of the sausage
1: so you begin by by getting the trinity and, and by getting the meats and cooking them down all at the same time in the pot
0: yeah so i i really i i I do a really good browning of everything. That's where a lot of the first layers of flavor are getting developed. And so uh, the sausage is browned and then pulled out the pork's brown and pulled out the chickens, brown and pulled out. Then the onions go in. And then once the onions are really cooked down to where I want them to be, then the bell pepper and celery uh, and then some green onion and garlic after that. And then once all those vegetables are where I want them to be cooked down, brown, caramelized, uh, released a lot of their water, really uh, you know, soaking up a lot of the flavor that the meats left behind in the pot, then the meats can go back in uh, and and get mixed in with the vegetables and all cooked together. Uh, of course, I'm adding a little kosher salt, black pepper, and some Cajun spices during that process as well uh, with uh, Slappy Mama Cajun seasoning out of Ville Platte, Louisiana, are uh, one of my jambalaya tour sponsors, and I've been working with them since I learned how to cook all these dishes throwing LSU tailgate parties back in my day. So uh, uh, Slappy Mama Cajun Seasoning, one of my favorites out there, and I, I use their seasoning and hot sauce in the jambalaya as well.
1: And Slappy Mama is one of the sponsors of your of your tour, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. It's,
1: it's a family out of uh, out of Ville Platte.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, the the Walker family out of Ville Platte, Louisiana, it's the the creators of Slappy Mama Cajun seasoning.
1: And the obvious question that we should mention: no one there has actually slapped their mama. The
0: the, the slap refers to more like a pat on the back because you uh, cooked such a good dish, uh, so good uh, you want to slap your mama. But it's more like a slap on the back, uh, saying "Great job! Uh, I'll have another." You know, it's uh, that that's where the term comes from not uh not an act of violence
1: so didn't the family kind of get together and say let's figure out the seasoning here and uh, um if, if you're trying to to create what you'd consider to be the perfect cajun seasoning how would it differ from other seasonings on the market
0: yeah. Great question there. Uh, so, so certainly it's, uh, you know, it's a, a Cajun seasoning is, is generally speaking a seasoned salt, uh, like a lot of seasonings are out there. Um uh, most of them it's, it's a salt base, um, onion, garlic, and then uh, a decent bit of red pepper, uh, the cayenne. Um, and, and then I, I like to have, uh, a little smoked paprika, Uh, I don't mind having a little uh, celery or celery seed, celery salt in there as well. Um, And there's lots of different ways that you can go from there with with the spice blend. And I think that's one of the things that makes – a lot of Cajun seasonings so interesting is because they are all a little bit different. Um, but, but really to me, it's like the salt, black pepper, red pepper, onion, garlic is where you start. And then you can start adding in some, some paprika and some things like that.
1: Now the very beginning of this sounds like making a gumbo where you get meats and the vegetables and you brown them and all this. Now you, you don't make a roux. So I guess that's a big difference with it.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, the the jambalaya that that I like to make, which is a very Cajun style uh, as opposed to a Creole style jambalaya, um, it really is similar in a lot of ways to a gumbo. Uh, Certainly, biggest difference, it doesn't start with the roux like you mentioned uh the gumbo the the labor of love is in that roux at the beginning uh and then it's kind of the same base vegetables and uh and the same base meats uh or or at least pretty similar i love using an andouille or something like that in a gumbo uh but but pretty similar uh and then served over rice and more in a, in a just a liquid form. The jambalaya with the rice cooked in it, uh, just makes it such a, a versatile dish, such a, such an easy way to feed a lot of people. Um, a, a one pot, one plate kind of a dish, uh, just scoop and serve and, uh, and, and, you know, depending on your rice to meat ratio, uh, you can make it really, really uh, affordable to feed a lot of people with a jambalaya.
1: So, what type of what, what type of oil do you use?
0: Uh, I I use just a little bit of canola oil when I need it, but most of the fat that's in my jambalaya is rendered fat from the sausage and then the the pork and the chicken. Um, I I don't use a whole lot of additional uh oil uh, just a little bit if i need to once uh once i get to, to where the onions are going in if i don't have enough fat in the pot from browning off all the, the meats then i'll i'll just put a little canola or vegetable oil in there.
1: Okay. Now we haven't talked at all about seafood jambalaya. First of all, is seafood jambalaya a real jambalaya uh
0: I will call it a real jambalaya uh it's different it's not uh exactly what uh what, what i'm making uh especially uh the the tour uh and those kind of things but but i've had many seafood jamalaya's i think seafood jamalaya ends up being way more similar to a paella uh just cooked a, you know in a little bit different method and, and in a different type of pot or pan um but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think people can claim that it is a jambalaya uh, and a lot of people outside Louisiana, that's the jambalaya that they know uh, is more of that seafood jambalaya or a, uh, you know, andouille shrimp and, uh, and, and chicken jambalaya uh, that's, that's done in a little more shallow pan, like a paella. Uh, not a not a huge cast iron cauldron. That's what I, I'm traveling around with is, you know, a, a 10 gallon cast iron pot that I'm uh, making a, a, a batch of jambalaya for 100 people at a time. in.
1: But with seafood, you can't cook it down the same way that you do the meat and you're not going to get that oil or anything like that. It, it seems like it's really different in a critical way at, at, at the beginning process.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you there. And typically when you're talking seafood jambalaya, I, 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 to me, I really only ever think of shrimp and yeah, the shrimp have to go in at, at the end. You know, you can't, you can't really use it. You could, you could do some stuff with the shells and develop a seafood stock, uh, and cook that way. But, but really your shrimp are going in at the end and they're not, you're not developing those layers of flavor and cooking them down. You're, you're really putting them in at the end and just letting them be there. Fortunately, shrimp are delicious and uh, the flavor can end up being good. But but yeah, I, I'm not doing uh, seafood jambalayas all over the place. I, I would prefer, if I'm doing seafood, I would prefer to do more of an etouffee or uh, a gumbo uh, than doing it as a jambalaya. That way you're really cooking it separate from the rice and just serving it over rice instead of jambalaya style where it's mixed in with the rice. I think like
1: those dishes like stews and even jambalayas like using crawfish. It's just a waste of the crawfish. I think that (laughs) I think the taste is really lost in there.
0: I like it. I like I like that attitude. Uh, I mean, I'm a I am a fan of a good crawfish étouffée, a good a good stewed smothered crawfish. uh, But you know, it's not. Uh, it's not one of my go-to dishes because it's not necessarily. I, I don't. I don't often have that many crawfish tails around that I'm trying to cook something with. Uh, but but I do. I do love a etouffee. I, outside of that, that's really like all crawfish. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't see the need to put crawfish in a whole lot. I'd I'd rather isolate them, I guess, which I which is what a etouffee or a, or a crawfish bisque can do.
2: Looking for live music in Acadiana? Check out Lafayette Weekly, a listing of live music taking place in and around the hub city, along with a curated playlist featuring local acts. Visit LafayetteTravel.com backslash Lafayette Weekly or follow along on Spotify at Lafayette Travel to see who's performing in Lafayette Parish.
1: What do you think of dishes like, like jambalaya and stews and to faith that mix meat and seafood?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I I absolutely like sausage in a crawfish boil. um, And I, and I like using uh, a smoked sausage in a seafood dish because of the, the flavor that it brings. But overall, I'm not as big of a fan. Like I I do kind of like keeping my seafood separate from my meats and then I think some sausage uh, and and that particular type of product that you can brown off, that develops some flavor, that you can get some smokiness out of, the sausage belongs in a, a seafood jambalaya or a seafood gumbo to some degree in a crawfish boil. Uh, but I don't really like putting chicken in with that as well. Uh, like that's too much mixing uh, of yeah. the meat. So yeah. If I'm having a seafood gumbo, like I want it to be heavy, heavy seafood.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like to have a piece of sausage and then an oyster. That just doesn't, uh, nothing mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking to uh, Jay Dakota. He's a chef and he goes around and he does tours on different foods. He's done a a jambalaya tour. You also did a, a red beans and rice tour in Texas?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first time I did something like this as a culinary tour was, uh, was, Kind of an excuse to go around the state of Texas doing taco research in 2017. Uh, me and a, a team that I had in time did a red beans and rice tour of Texas. Uh, And we had, we had five or six stops. Uh, We, we did the Houston area. We got all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley at the border of Mexico. We went up through San Antonio and Austin and then college station and, and up to Dallas Fort Worth. And we cooked big pots of uh, red beans and rice at at breweries and uh, pop-ups along the way to kind of help get our names out there and fund the, the trip. Uh, doing it like that, and uh, you know, our alternative uh, ulterior motive was to to eat a bunch of tacos while we were going around cooking red beans, and that was sponsored by Slap Mama again. Uh, it was sponsored by uh, Supreme Rice and Camellia uh, Beans. Camellia donated all the red beans that we needed for it, and uh, and and it went. It worked out really well. So uh, it's you know six years later, but the idea of traveling. Uh, and going places that I wanted to go anyway, but cooking uh, Louisiana dishes along the way uh, always stuck with me. I really enjoyed that red beans trip, and and the jambalaya tour really kind of came out of that same idea.
1: A, a good a good player bowl of red beans and rice could be a real joy, but I would think in Texas you're in dicey territory there because of the Mexican influence and all those seasoned beans they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you get any of that kind of reaction? Well, this is okay, but it's not what we have.
0: Uh, You know, overall, the the response was very positive uh, from that one, as well as the Jambalaya tour. Uh, I think you're right that, going into texas and and especially down close to the border with mexico and cooking beans uh you know you're you're playing with a little fire there fortunately their bean culture is so different than our red beans and rice uh it's still a cooked down bean dish but the flavors are are really different and i think people were appreciative of you know a a different culture coming to them so they could taste something authentic
1: I never understood the purpose of refried beans.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, anything I, fried, why do you want it fried twice? You know?
0: <laughs> fried twice. Yeah. The uh the, the refried beans I I certainly don't know the history of it. Uh I, I eat them. Uh I I enjoy a refried bean. But yeah, I think it's uh maybe it's just kind of historically just to do something with the with the leftovers, but maybe it's now you know now now that they just make it that way.
1: Yeah. So you got some leftover, and you don't have a microwave, so you just fry them over again, and then there's you, fry, you fry them again. Now you've also done research. Well, you've done traditional foods, but didn't you also do a a tour or presentation on coffee? Uh,
0: yeah. So I I've been involved in coffee, uh, and and actually uh, I've worked with coffee farmers in the Dominican Republic uh sourcing coffee and bringing it uh into the states and roasting it here Uh, i did a tedx lsu talk about that project uh back in 2016 and uh and and i've continued to stay involved with uh with those farmers in the dominican republic i'm actually uh going back very soon to uh to to see them again and uh and kind of revitalize a little bit of that coffee project and 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 just enjoy it uh so yeah i I, I enjoy coffee as uh as just one of those world commodities that is, you know, super sought after. Everybody around the world's drinking coffee. Uh, but then when you really look at where it comes from and the farms uh and the people that that harvest and and process that coffee, uh, you can really get down to some really cool uh agricultural and, and economic concepts that uh, that are fun to to study and keep an eye on.
1: Do you like the classic um Let's say Louisiana, but I guess they're more New Orleans coffees, like Cafe lait and coffee and chicory. Do you, do you like those or?
0: So I've I've never really gotten into chicory. I've had I've had plenty of coffee with chicory. It's not my thing. Uh, a Cafe lait, absolutely. I'll drink that all day long. I usually just drink pour over or drip black coffee. I just start with good beans and try to grind them fresh. But I, I try not to be too big of a snob about it or, or anything. I, I enjoy coffee, but I, I usually don't need cream or sugar. or You know, I want I want to enjoy the coffee. Um, but there are a lot of times that when I'm at the right beignet shop or something like that, a cafe au lait hits the spot.
1: Yeah, okay. Let's go back to Jumbo Live for a second. Uh, I like Jumbo Live, but sometimes if I see it at a restaurant, I think of it just being kind of like a side dish. Mm hmm. Jeff figures just to have some kind of filler there or something. I mean, it, have you experienced like really, really great restaurant jambalayas?
0: Generally speaking, no. Uh, I'm sure I have had some. I mean, so so look, the jambalaya is or, or the, the Cajun style, I, I think, is one of the dishes that actually represents Baton Rouge the best. Yeah. Um, and Gonzales, Louisiana, that part of Louisiana, which is which is a little between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, but but way closer to just suburban Baton Rouge, is where the the annual Jambalaya Festival takes place. Um, I I really think it's a it's a great dish to to represent our capital city, New Orleans, and 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 Lafayette and Cajun country have so many of the the classic Louisiana dishes uh, that they can claim, but I, I think uh, the the real Cajun jambalaya represents baton rouge very well but that being said when we eat jambalaya it's at tailgate parties or it's at fundraisers and festivals it's not a restaurant dish it's not a uh it's certainly not a fine dining dish it's it's intended to feed the masses with primarily rice which is cheap uh, and abundant, and and you know stretch your proteins as far as you can uh, with with that rice. And to me, a jambalaya is a great dish to bring outside of Louisiana to people that have never had it, or 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 you know are super interested in something that's culturally relevant like that. It's also a great dish for me to cook at breweries and and doing it as this pop up and 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 events and festivals and things like that. But it's not. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. It's not really a restaurant dish. I never go to a restaurant, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, New Orleans, I- anywhere, and say, you know what, I want a plate of jambalaya at this restaurant. It, it just doesn't happen that way. Um, you find it at the LSU tailgate parties. You find it at church fundraisers uh, and and things like that.
1: Now, in Cajun country, they also have something, I don't know how popular it is, but called dirty rice. Mm-hmm. I guess it's sort of the same thing except it's more of like organ meat like liver of right. things and then uh...
0: so a, a dirty rice very very similar uh just usually uses some liver and and if you want some other organ meats and stuff and then and then some ground beef or ground pork uh, um but but yeah the the dirty it's it's almost like a a boudin, but not cased you know it's just mm-hmm. it just make the Make the rice, um, or that's that's one version of it. But also very similar to the vegetable base of uh, of the jambalaya. Uh, you're just using, like you said, the the liver and and ground meats instead of sausage and chicken and and diced up pork.
1: Now Popeye is popularly Cajun rice, which yeah. to me like like dirty rice, but giving you the name that that works better in the city than dirty rice does. It's Cajun rice, but but to me that that's the most common use of that kind of rice dish. If it wasn't for Popeyes, that kind of dish might not even be known anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I. I think Popeye's is believe it or not done a really good job of spreading the Louisiana uh, cuisine and culture around the world uh, in a lot of ways, you know, the, they've got, they've got red beans and rice on the menu. They've got the Cajun rice or dirty rice on the menu. Uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I, and, 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 yeah, I, I think I think that's a good way to look at it. I do really enjoy dirty rice. My cookbook, uh, that's Jada Cody's Louisiana Outdoor Cooking, has uh, my granny's dirty rice recipe in there. I remember eating that dirty rice uh, all the time uh, at her house back in the day, holidays or or just you know a Sunday supper. Um, so the that dirty rice is something that stuck with me for a long time. And uh, and when I was on Food Network Star, I I did a a dirty rice stuffed quail uh, for one of the dishes uh, for that that competition. So um, yeah, I'm I'm no stranger to dirty rice for sure.
1: Well, oh, bet that was good. where did your grandmother live?
0: She's uh, she's from New Roads. She really lived in Cottonport in a Boyles Parish, uh, and then uh, and then she was in Baton Rouge towards the end of her life um but but she's really a point coupee and a Voiles parish lady
1: mm-hmm. well i know that area and the thing is is that it's it's not really cajun it's kind of a mixture between cajun and french culture
0: yeah yeah but- so it's, there's a, there's a lot of that french that really stayed there right i mean the the dakoties the uh, my last name is dakoty is a, is a is a french last name it's a cajun french it's the, it's it is still traced back to the 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 acadians the the folks that got exiled uh, out of canada and, and came in uh through uh back to france and then back to the new world and, and through louisiana but but they settled out of the swamps and uh and an area of south louisiana they went up to the, kind of a little bit more of the prairie area and that aboyles parish area
1: um uh, you mentioned when you're talking about the um jambalaya you mentioned like cajun style versus creole style what's the difference Mm
0: -hmm. well uh i so tomatoes is probably the number one difference i don't put any tomato or tomato product in my jambalaya um i i think a lot of creole jambalayas will have diced tomato will have a little tomato paste will really be more of a red jambalaya mine is very much like a, a brown jambalaya um, and, and then I, you know, I'm sure there are versions, but, but of, of Cajun with shrimp or seafood, but to me, that's really more Creole. Cause if I want, if I'm going to have seafood, I kind of like the tomato as well. So I almost feel like a seafood jambalaya is very new Orleans and is very Creole. Whereas just chicken, pork sausage, uh, and no tomatoes, keeps it very much in that like Cajun vein. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I think it's, it's probably more the, I, I don't know for sure on this, but if you're really getting like that Spanish influence in that paella, it's probably more coming out of new Orleans and, and more of a Creole jambalaya. If it's staying French or just like African and, and French, probably a little bit more historically Cajun.
1: Usually when the discussion is Creole versus Cajun, tomato is the first thing that's mentioned. Yep. um, are you going to be doing more tours?
0: you, you have any things? Yeah? Uh, I, I, I sure hope so. So uh, certainly a big thanks to uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser and the, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, uh, Louisiana Travel, one of my sponsors for this Jambalaya Tour and Sloppy Mama Cajun Seasoning. Uh, the Office of Tourism is very interested in uh, working with the Louisiana Seafood Promotion and Marketing Board and doing a seafood gumbo tour, uh, which I like a lot more than the seafood Jambalaya Tour. So. So, uh, so, so I might be uh, looking at some point in the fall, or even if it's not until spring of 2024, uh, doing a seafood gumbo tour, kind of similar to the jambalaya tour that I've been doing. Uh, And, and I would certainly look forward to that or, or any other version thereof, but people can follow me. uh, Jadakote.com is the website. Um, and, and there's lots of ways to find me on social media platforms at Jay Ducote on Instagram, Twitter. Is that
1: J-A-Y Ducote or just Jay?
0: Yeah, that's right. J-A-Y-D-U-C-O-T-E. Uh, hey. And that's, that, that's what it yeah. is on um, pretty much all the social media platforms.
1: Okay. And you mentioned you've said a, a cookbook.
0: Yeah, Jay Dakoti's Louisiana Outdoor Cooking. It was uh, published by the LSU Press in 2020 and still out there. So uh, you can get more details on that uh, at com as well. Or if you just do a Google search, Amazon search, anywhere for Jay Dacote's Louisiana Outdoor Cooking, you can find that. And it's got Granny's Dirty Rice recipe. It's got my jambalaya recipe and all sorts of other recipes in there as well.
1: LSU is... Th- press is doing some really good cookbooks i mean they're nice yeah they're well done they get good people they're uh they've got nice photography and um uh, mm-hmm. um uh, we had a guy on the show who did a a, a lsu press book about the um, the cocktail called the view Carré. it's a beautiful nice. book and, and, and yeah. so, uh, they're a good crowd to be with okay well good luck on your journeys and uh, i've learned a lot and i hope you um now what happens like if you're in Pennsylvanian, someone says hey man i really like this uh where can i get some do you tell them "Well, oh, come to louisiana or, or yeah
0: why? yeah i think i think that's why louisiana uh office of tourism wanted to sponsor this trip because uh because basically i go around cooking this food and uh the only thing i can really say is if you want more go to louisiana you gotta you gotta come gotta come visit uh louisiana go uh go to New orleans go to baton rouge go to lafayette go to lake charles go uh heck even if you want to go uh, to north louisiana you know I, I i enjoy the entire state of louisiana i enjoy getting around to to restaurants and breweries and networking with chefs across the entire state of louisiana and uh and and i love taking it on the road and sharing that culture with people around the country or around the world as well so yeah i think that's a big part of it when i when i find somebody in philadelphia that loves the jambalaya and they want more they got to go to louisiana
1: yeah, one final question. The most famous, actually the only song I know about Jambalaya was Hank Williams' Jambalaya. Sure. In the second line, we says Jambalaya crawfish pie. Have you ever fixed crawfish pie?
0: I I have eaten a lot of crawfish pies, uh, like the, the Natchitoches style meat pie, but essentially with like a, a crawfish stew, a crawfish etouffee uh, as the stuffing. I've eaten plenty of them. I don't know that I've ever been responsible for making one. But I, I've enjoyed quite a few crawfish pies.
1: I've never seen a crawfish pie in captivity. I mean, I know it really? because of the song, and maybe someone will, will have it. Well, good luck. Thank you for spreading the word. And, man, I'm anxious to uh, to try jambalaya someday. So, anyway, thank you. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Cheers.
2: Looking for live music in Acadiana? Check out Lafayette Weekly, a listing of live music taking place in and around the hub city, along with a curated playlist featuring local acts. Visit LafayetteTravel.com backslash Lafayette Weekly, or follow along on Spotify at Lafayette Travel to see who's performing in Lafayette Parish.
0: Thanks for listening to Louisiana Insider. Subscribe, like, and rate our show where you listen to your podcasts and follow us on social media at Louisiana Life Mag. Executive producer for Louisiana Insider is Kelly Massico in cooperation with Louisiana Life Magazine. For subscription information to Louisiana Life, call 504-828-1380. Our theme music was provided by Rich Collins. Hey, that's me. Join us again next week for more discoveries inside Louisiana.